Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Um, I want to finish this last message, and then after I'm done, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to put on a countdown video, and then stay. The other thing that I want to just add to what Derek said is, uh, y- this is for anybody. If you're a volunteer at the church, stay after, because I just want to have a chat with you for 15 minutes. And especially if you're going, I want to volunteer, no one's asked me. Or I want to volunteer, and I don't know where. Or if you're going, I have all these gifts, and they don't even know what they are. We want to know, okay? And so, uh, we want you to be a part of this team. And so please stay after for 15 minutes max. we got a bunch of things. Um, last thing I want to share, and then we're going to jump right into the message. I know I'm moving quick, so stay with me because I don't want you to lose it. And I ain't slowing down. So here's it, here it is. Last Wednesday night, we had our largest ever Christmas tree lighting at Woodbury Park, man. And uh, we, uh, wow. For, for those of you that don't know the story, uh, these gloves are off, right? Okay, so here it is. A few years ago, I had somebody on our leadership team say... Adopting Woodbury Park is not outreach. They're no longer on our leadership team. We'll just leave it there. And uh, gloves are off. You're like, wow, did he say that? Oh, yeah. And so here's the deal. We decided to do outreach and to do it well and say to the city, whatever you need, we're going to do. And so, Monica, are you in here somewhere? Monica's right there. She's the brains behind this whole operation. Can you give it up for her this morning? I just get to show up and say things, and she takes care of all the details behind the scene, her and her team, and just a huge, huge thank you. But then we get things involved. We get the school district involved. Uh, the Magical Choir came out and sang, and just, if any of you are here from the Magical Choir, listening online or to the podcast, what I want to say is this, um, a huge thank you to them, because I don't know if you know this, their performances were the next day through the weekend, and they chose to sacrifice and come out. On, that's, that's like huge, and they did an incredible job. It was so beautiful, and we had Gary Kordemeyer and his wife come out and light the tree for us. It was just a beautiful event. We have Our, our guest is actually anywhere between 250 and 400 people that came to the event Wednesday night, man. And so, uh, just a huge, huge thank you. So, can, again, we, can we just thank God for that event? Come on. So, I want to ask you a question, but let me pose it to you this way this morning. Um... How many of you have ever been at an event and, and you've had to, uh, I don't know how to put this like without just saying it, like, like you've had to like really pee? Anybody? Just me? Like, I mean like really go. Like you're going to like, so one of the things that I've done, I was 306 pounds, I'm 254, down in the lower 50, is this, I, I drink water a lot now. I used to not drink water. I tried to drink 860 ounces a day. And so we had a track meet here a couple months ago. And uh, at this track meet, there were so many people. It was a section track meet that we were at. And I get out here, and I'm talking like, or no, it was cross country, excuse me, not track. And, and I had to go, like, so bad. And so I went to the line, and I waited till I got there. Traffic was bad, everything. I got in the line. And, and how many know it's just going to be a glorious thing when you're waiting in line for the porta potty? 
no. And so I'm waiting in line and I'm, I'm ready to say very unchristian things. And I'm, I'm like, literally, like, I don't know if it was tears or just I was so full of stuff coming out of my eyes. And, and I'm like, I'm standing there going, I need help. And, and I'm like, I like started to shake. And like, I go, you know what? I can tie off one leg and just fill that side and not the other and I'll be okay. And I'm going, this, this is not good. All right. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you keep an extra big gulp in the car just for occasions like this. And so I'm in line and I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm looking and I like see this like little field with some trees in it. So I'm like, there's kids, there's like thousands of kids out here. And I'm like, I'm a pastor. I could get like, you know, in jail for this. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm just, if they have bathrooms in jail, so take me. Like, I'm ready. So I go back to this field. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I waited as long as I could. And so I get, and there's pine trees. No joke. I get through the field, and it's like pitch black back in the field. And I get ready to like, you know. And, and I look around. There's got to be 20 high school kids, girls and guys, all doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyway, it... Uh, it worked out for the better. Came back. People were still waiting in line. Here's how many of you. Let, let me just put this. Uh, put that first uh, slide up there. How many have ever gone to uh, Mercy and had to wait in the ER? Now let's just be real. When you get there, they get you in so quick, right away. I mean, as you show up, whatever emergency it is, they just take you right in as the first one. You never have to wait. <laughs> Dude, I went in there. My kid had a fever of 106, and we waited six hours until we got to the waiting room. Show the next one here. How many have ever had to wait at the airport? You ever gone there on a Monday morning to fly out for a business trip or something? You know, and and, you know, are you just like, is it just a pleasurable experience? I mean, you just like look forward to it. It just gets you in the heart. You're like, oh, this is so good. I can't wait. Right? Okay. How about if you haven't, if you don't fly, let how about this one? I think to work here you have to be demonic no I'm kidding if you work here if you work at the DMV man it's okay to smile once in a while I I like I feel like even though I didn't do anything wrong when I go to the DMV like I'm in trouble right like did I take the right number did I fill out the right form do I have the right card or check or cash or what does this one take what does that one take and you're just like waiting the whole time right you get that number and you're like are they ever going to call it are they ever going to call it Here, here here the last one How many of you are insane this Friday? Anybody? There's a few of you. My wife and I, we like to go a few different places. But uh, you ever seen what this looks like Friday morning on Black Friday? People have died, literally. Like, not, I'm not even joking. Like, I, that sounds like a joke. How many of them have ever gotten in the line that doesn't move at Walmart? Just me? No, it, you wait in that line, and you're like counting your groceries like you've got like a 12-pack cans of corn, and you're like, that should only count as one item, right? So that you can go to the, you know, 10 items or 20 items or less at Walmart. Now, let me ask you this question. Who here, just by round of applause, you love to wait? <laughs> Drop a pin. God is not into Instapot character development. 
He's not. He's not, man. I'm sorry. I I wish I could say, you ask for it, He gives it to you. You want it, He shows it. You know, you pray for it, you open your Bible, and it's just instant answer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many know it's not quite that way? Well, the pastor said, if I give, I'll be blessed. Sometimes that blessing looks like a curse, doesn't it? I gave, I did what I was told. I thought if I just became a Christian, everything would be great. No, your life might suck for a little bit. Really? Yeah, not everything goes the way that you want it to. How many know that's the truth? You know, we've got our plans in place, but God has a different plan. You know, how many have been waiting for a prayer to be answered and God hasn't answered it yet? Would you still serve Him if He never answers it? How about for your dream to come true? What's your dream? Some of you, we forget to dream because it hasn't happened. Okay? If you never saw your dream, would you still serve Him? What about a relationship restored? You know, you can forgive, but restoration takes two. Okay? Reconciliation, excuse me, takes two. You can forgive, but what if that relationship was never restored? Would you still serve God? For me... I want you to know for me, I think about the church with these dreams, with trusting God, because honestly, to be very honest, I love when we got to take out like an extra seat of chairs on Sunday morning because we got so many people here. Come on, man, that's awesome. I love that, okay? But if we were 10 people as a church, would I still serve God? If it was just a handful of us, would I still serve God? Okay? Jesus had the 12 and he still served. I want you to know I trust God with this church. But, huge big but, we're not yet where I see us going. We're not there yet. I love what Paul said. It's one of my favorite verses. He said this in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will what? Reap. Everybody say reap. Reap a harvest if we don't give up. It's resiliency. You know, I love this. I hold on to it. Like, I package I want my pillow to have this written on it so I can just look at it every night. What is that called when it, like, sinks into your head at night? Osmosis. Yeah, that's what I need, you know? I think for me, I got the reverse one. But, you know. Um, but I look at this and I go, are we prepared for what God wants to do within our church? And I think in some areas we are. And I think in other areas we're not yet. You know, it reminds me of a story of two farmers. And God speaks to these farmers and he says to the farmers, he says, Hey, they, they had a drought for a long time. And the farmers, you know, ask God, God, will you send the rain? And God answers them, says, I will send the rain in my timing. And you had two different farmers. You had one farmer that did nothing, said, Hey, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to do anything about it. Because God will do it. And then you had the other farmer that said, I'm going to wait, but I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare my field. I'm going to take care of what I need to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put the, the seed down. I'm going to water it when I can. I'm going to do what I can because I'm preparing for the rain. Well, which one are we? I want us to be the one that we're doing what God asks. We're prepared for Him to send the rain when He wants to. Okay? Galatians 6, 9. We put that verse back up there? This, this verse, in the context of what was happening here, had nothing to do with church vision or where you're going as a church for us, but it had to do with the church in the beginning stages. What was happening, you had this group of people called the Judaizers, I know it's kind of a weird word, but what they were doing is they were going and teaching the new Christians these doctrines that were not true. They said, you've got to eat only certain foods, you know, you better do this on the Sabbath, not heal on the Sabbath, you better do all that, you better, you know, make sure everybody's circumcised, 
baptized. If you're not, you're not going to heaven. And they started teaching this. And so what Paul was writing to the church here in Galatia, he said, look, that's not true. You've got to hold on to the promise that if you wait for it, don't grow weary, okay? Don't give up because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. And what he was talking really about was don't give up in your faith walk. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. But keep your eyes on the prize because God will give you what he wants at the appointed time so that when we pass, simply by knowing Christ, we receive eternal life. He said, that's it. Keep holding on to that. Don't give up. You will see it happen in your life. Some of the people that he spoke to died for their faith. Thank God that's not us in this room, but there are people that we serve and missionaries we support and people within our community that have died for their faith. We've seen that firsthand. We are what we call a what kind of church? I'll give you a clue. Okay? I wonder what this church is about. You come in here as really like the first thing you see, right? This is a life-giving church. Okay, we want to be a life-giving church. And so we have, I'm going to put them up on the screen for you, we have four purposes. Some of you have seen this before. Stay with me. We want every person that comes in here to know God. Okay? I desire everybody in our community to know God, to find freedom. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you or how many people know somebody that's addicted to something or something they just can't get or they can't get over the fact that they have no dreams or they're going, dude, I don't know how to do this. I don't got a clue. Or how many people do you see and you know, and maybe it's you, that you're still struggling to find or discover your purpose. And then the last one, this, this is it, is now we want to make a difference. Last Wednesday night, guys, we made a difference in this community. We've done it four years and running. We make a difference every time we speak life in the community. Every time that you go on What's Wrong with St. Francis Facebook page and you don't post what you want to, you made a difference in this community. (laughs) Maybe I'm just preaching to myself, alright? But if we're living this out, I think our world and our community would be a more positive place. I'm tired of the negativity in our town. I won't stand for it. I'm not going to be. I'm going to speak positivity and I'm going to speak life into you. If you come to me sharing some kind of crap, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to get all theological on your butt because that's the truth of who Jesus wants you to be. Come on, somebody. Are you awake? Okay. We are. Here's the other four. Okay, so that's really, that is our purpose. What's the purpose of the Bridge Church? Snapshot it, picture it, tweet it, put it on Instagram, whatever. Okay, get a tattoo, we'll go to the parlor, whatever. This is it. I want you to know this. But the next part is just as important. And these are, we call them our passions or our value. You can go ahead and put the other four up there. First is this. We want to... We don't have them. Alright, we don't have them. Okay, here it is. You have to read with me. There we go. Authentic relationships with God and others. You ever met somebody or a Christian who comes in on church on a Sunday morning and they seem like they got it all together and then you see them during the week and you're like, well, wait a second. That doesn't match up. That, something's not right. I'm not saying you've got to be the perfect Christian on Sunday, but don't pretend to be something you're not. Be you. God will meet you where you need to be met. You know, you come in here and, you know, I, when we were beginning church, 85% of our congregation were new believers. 85%. And 85% of us, we had some very colorful language every Sunday morning. You know, it smelled like various herbs and things Sunday morning when we started this church. Okay? A lot of those people have found freedom found their purpose. They're making a difference because they started to know God. But we have to have authentic relationships with each other. You have to be vulnerable with each other. Don't... I said it last week. No perfect people allowed. Okay? We pretend to have it all together. Then we know we don't have it all together. The second one 
is this. Creating a culture where everyone knows they are loved and valued. I might disagree with your stance politically. You might disagree with mine. Who cares? Let's go after Jesus. Let's love each other. Well, you don't agree with everything, so I can't be your friend anymore. Well, then you're the weaker brother. Gloves are off. Third, multiplying churches and people. I got the number last week. This is how many churches, at least, this is a bare minimum, that you and I have helped launch in the last year financially, through coaching, through various relationships, through churches we have planted. I want you to know it goes above and beyond St. Francis. We have helped over 243 churches plant since 2019. That's huge. I'm glad some of you are excited. The last one is this. Building relationships through our community. If our community doesn't know that we love them, we might as well shut the doors. Might as well shut it down. Why are we here? What are we doing? We're reaching this community. We're telling them we love them. Now we're not getting weird, okay? No weird Christianity allowed. No, let's love them. Let's meet them where they need to be met. We continue to do that. Are you with me? Say yeah. Okay. See, in life and in church, we got to be on God's timetable. I'm not good at this. I want it now. You can, you can ask my elders, okay? T- two of them are, are here this morning, our current board. You can ask them. Every time we get together, they kind of put a hand on my shoulder and like, Chris, slow down. Chris, they're like, don't stop. You, you know, I, I know one's staring at me right now. You know, like, you just want to beat the door down every time. They're so right. I do. I want to take the hill. I want to go. I want to know who's with me. I want to do the charge, man. I don't want to stop. I don't want to take a break. That's me. I'm super driven, okay? But it's got to be on God's timetable, not Chris's timetable. What is it that the Lord wants to do in and through your life and through our church? If you have a Bible, here's where we're headed for the remainder of our time. We've got about 13 minutes, so stay with me. Here, here it is. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. You can follow it on version. I'll give you a moment to get there. I don't want to do it in my way and mess it up. I want to do it in God's way, even if I have to wait. Okay? We all don't like waiting. We already established that. But let's see how it goes biblically. Here it is. Genesis chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. Then the word of the Lord came to him... This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, and he's talking to Abraham, this is God's talking to Abraham, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. This was Abram here, he wasn't yet Abraham until God made a covenant with him. Abram received this promise from God. Okay, we don't know exactly what age he received it, but uh, not, not later on in his years, pretty early on. This promise was made. Hey, you are going to have a child. Your offspring will be blessed from you more than the stars that you can count. I'm a NASA nerd. I love astronomy. And there's constant things that we see from telescopes that we've never even seen before of other galaxies and other stars. In fact, there's some stars that they believe have even been destroyed from you know, supernova or effect that we're just starting to see now that were actually destroyed before Jesus' time. But because of you know, the, the travel of light, we're just seeing it now. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. I think that stuff so cool. Science helps prove the Bible. It's not the other way. Just FYI. Okay? God made this promise though to Abram. You will have a child and through your offspring the nations are going to be blessed. Now let's read on here. Genesis chapter 16 verse 1. Listen to what it says. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had done what? Bore him what? 
No children. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. Didn't God make this promise? What's going on? But, but, you ever told God but? Does it ever go well for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but she had an Egyptian slave or maidservant named Hagar. So, you can kind of figure out what happened here. Uh, we're going to keep it PG this morning since we've got our K through 5th with us. In this, Abraham rushed it. Know what I mean? Anybody need clarity there? We're good? We're good? Alright, cool. If you don't, ask your parents. Alright, and so they, he rushed it with Hagar. And, and he had this son, Ishmael. But Abraham did not have this son until he was 86 years of age. Anyone 86 here? I don't, I don't think I met anyone 86 here this morning. Okay? Alright? 86. I don't know about you, but having a kid at 86 that God promised you, I'd be like, well, finally. And I, if I was in Abram's shoes, I would have thought, well, that must have been what God had intended. I figured it out. I, I got the recipe for how God works. It's become scary. So he has this son, Ishmael, at the age of 86. But then listen what happens in Genesis 21.5, just a couple chapters later. Abraham, his name had now been changed, was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Isaac means laughter. He laughed. He was like, how are we having a kid at this age? But I bet he remembered what God had spoke to him. Now God blessed them both in different various ways, both Ishmael and Isaac. But what would have happened in history if Abraham would have just waited on God's best? I think sometimes we end up settling for the good and we sacrifice God's great. I've been guilty of that. Again, ask my board. I'm not good at waiting. God redeemed the whole entire situation. He took care of it. Took care of Ishmael. Took care of Hagar. Sent them off. Took care of Isaac. Nations were blessed because of him. Abraham, God did not... Here's the part I want you to catch that I don't often think about. Did Abraham mess up? Yes. Because of his mess up, did God's covenant or promise change with Abraham? No. That's the God of grace. That's the God who said, I'm going to still make it right. We might not always be willing to wait on God, but He is always willing to wait on us. Every single time. So let me ask you a couple real practical questions. Thinking of that story this morning. First of all, what is it you're waiting for? What are you waiting for? Think of your own life. Are you waiting for healing for something? You've been praying for healing for a long time? Are, are, you, are you waiting? Are you just like, you know what? I'm kind of done with life. I'm just waiting until God takes me home. Is that what you're waiting for? Well, He hasn't taken you yet. For a reason. Are you waiting for somebody to get their stuff together? Are you waiting for it to go the way you want? <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's usually all of us. Here's what I'm waiting for. Revival. And they say, what's revival? If you're new to church, I, you know, revival is a term for people and people within the church turning their hearts back to God. Saying, you know what? Even if there's just piano, I'd be at church. Even if there wasn't a microphone, I'd be at church. Even if there wasn't a nice comfy chair, I'd be at church. I'd be there. I'm going to serve. I'm going to, in some capacity, I want, I want to be there. And the hearts of our community start turning and going, maybe there is something about this Jesus thing. You know, I had a great opportunity to talked to somebody this week and and some of the best conversations I have no joke, it sounds hilarious it's true, are when people are drunk on Saturday nights 
especially when they text or email me and I have it documented. <laughs> and what I'm able to do though, in grace and love, is I've gone back with some of these people and I've just said, hey, wasn't quite following where you were at here, tell me more. And they tell me more and then this is what I've come to say now. And this is the opportunity, I've only had a few times, but I want, I want you to have this opportunity too. Is I tell them this every single time. I said, there's no pressure for you to come to church. There's no pressure to come in here and believe what I teach. I want, check the Bible on everything I ever say. But I say this. When you are ready, okay, because I'm waiting, Jesus is waiting. When you're ready to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you give me the honor of praying with you when you want to accept him? Not if, when. And I just can't wait, literally, till that person says yes. I have to wait because that's God's timing, not mine. I'm waiting for growth here that God wants. We're, we've continued. If you look at the, from the last nine years of our church, every year we've grown 2 to 4% in everything, every single year. Since the, who likes 2% growth? Anybody? I don't think so. I, I thought, you know, we'd be 300, 400 people by now. To be honest, I don't know why we're not. I think this church has it going on, okay? I really do. And that's because of you. I believe that we are countercultural from what the enemy has established here, and we are taking new ground. Anyone agree with that? Amen. Some of us, though, we've settled. We need to be ever grateful, but never settling. I'm waiting for God to take us to the next level. Okay? Derek actually said that. He didn't even know it was in my notes this morning. What do I mean by that? In our hearts. I want your relationship with Jesus to go to the next level. Maybe you need to come to Deeper with me this Wednesday night. I'll be back. Maybe you need to join a women's group. Maybe you need to start a group. Okay? I I don't know. But in in our church, I want to see God grow us so that we are constantly, we're seeing things. And and we're the eyes and the the ears and, and the hands and the feet of this community. And so it's in our church. It's in our community. And it's not just a growing in numerics. It's a growing by our passion in God. I believe every church should grow in depth and width. Does that make sense? Okay. What I mean by that is width is our outreach. By depth it means in our hearts. Like we're growing. We're being discipled. We're learning something every time we're here. Number two. When waiting on God, are you present or passive? Be present, not passive. How does that look? Well, let me just say that being present demonstrates what you represent. Okay? When you are there, it represents what's in your heart. Let me give you an example. Uh, I did the worst job in my entire life, door-to-door sales for two years. Woohoo! Paid my way through school. Thank you, Jesus. And I was fired up. I, I was the number two salesman for the place we were at. I did great. And then I got just fried. You ever tried selling stuff door to door? It's awful, man. Man, get, when those kids come to your door, get, buy two or three of everything, okay? Like, seriously. You know they're trying to support their stuff and all. They just give them whatever you got. Seriously. You can't give them your kids. No, all right. We love our kids. But I remember this day, I was just having a horrible day. I had the weirdest objections, and we learned how to deal with objections and all that. And, and this guy goes, I have my pizzas flowing in from California. Okay? And, and, and another one, it was just really weird. Like, I'm allergic to 
cooked tomatoes, but you can eat raw ones? Yes. So it was just like hammer down, yeah, hammer down. So I get to the next door, and I'm like shot. I feel beaten down. I feel bruised. I feel burnt out. And I get up to this next door, and no joke, I, I knock on the door. This person, oh, don't judge me, all right? No judgment. He opens it up, and I literally said this after those last three doors. I go, you probably don't want to buy anything I have either, do you? Nope. Slams the door. I would have slammed it too in my face. Why? Because what I presented is what I represented. And what I represented was what was really in here. I was fraud. I was done. When you say yes to a relationship with Jesus and you start following Him, it's not a perfect road. It's not the yellow brick road. Okay? It's not just come in front of you and you got little munchkins dancing. It's not the way it works. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But Jesus doesn't want pansies. He doesn't. Okay? He doesn't. I would have said amen to that because that's a really good point. But here's the deal. He wants you to serve Him with everything you have. There's areas of our heart that we constantly keep surrendering to Him. That's what He calls us to do. Last one is this. If you're not fired up with what God is doing, don't expect others to be. Are you fired up with what God's doing in your life, in your church? Derek and I, we live, breathe, eat, sleep this. Maybe for you it's like, hey, I get to go serve and then I get to go on with my week. Man, I would love if you took ownership, not just rented, but owned it. And go, man, this is my church. we got some current needs right now, man. We want somebody to take over our media. Who You love videography and cinematography, and we want to have video announcements and all that. The reason we don't is we don't have that person. We can't do it unless we have that person. We'd love for you to say, man, I'd love that. You know the number one way we get people within our church is by people waving out in the parking lot? It's the number one way. I think that's ridiculous, but that's the truth. Okay? That's some of us here. We came because we saw somebody waving out in the parking lot. We need more people to wave. We want more people to greet you at the door and high-five you and have fun. We want we want this to be a place of energy, but authentic energy. Not this fake stuff that the world's used to. Something they look at and they go, Wow! There's something different here. It's attractive. I want it. I want to know more what it is. What got us here today won't get us there tomorrow. Okay? What got us here today will not get us there tomorrow. So we've got to change a few things up. How many have heard before, you know, the repetition of the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, is the definition of insanity. So we've got to change a, little, a few things up if we want to continue to expand and take on a kingdom-minded mindset. We've got to up our game. Here's what we're doing. Ready for it? I have some dreams. There's, these might freak you out. I, I'm being vulnerable with you. I want us to plant other campuses from the Bridge Church. I want us to plant other life-giving churches. Do you know right now there's not a spirit-filled church in Isanti? How far away is that from us? 25 minutes? I'm praying for that leader that says, Chris, I'll go, I'll, I'll pastor a church. I can do it. Dude, if I can do it, you can do it. Can't do it until we have that leader. I met a friend of mine last week when we were coaching over in San Francisco, other church planters. He started a church in Rapid City, and now they have it's at least five campuses of other pastors that came to him and said, Hey, we want to go. You're not too old. You're not too young. Maybe that's you. I don't know. But don't be afraid when we do that. And we send people. And we say, let's expand. Let's think kingdom-mindedness. I want us to be crazy and have fun on Sunday, but I also want us to praise God. 
You know, and I know we're figuring out the lighting right now. And you might be like, I thought we were receiving money for the lighting. We have been, and we still are. But here's the deal. We put it on pause, and I want to tell you why. Um, and I'm just going to share more at the leadership meeting. So I'm just going to give you a little teaser, because I want you to stay. Is this. Uh, we want to expand our our greeting space out here. It's tight in there, man. It's loud. Okay? Um, the other part is, and pray for this, we are having, uh, we're having this Wednesday uh, a board meeting, and we're actually talking with with our neighbors over here who could potentially be selling their property and we have a choice to make. Do we want to expand here? Do we want to expand in St. Francis? What does that look like? And so we put this on pause to go, Lord Jesus, what is it that you would have us do? Would you pray for me and the team when we, as we're deciding that and figuring that out? Because that's part of us. We want it to be kingdom-minded. And so I'll keep you updated on all that. If you have questions, you can ask me. Last thing is this. Go back to that slide, will you? Let's go back to that verse. Do we have that last verse up there? There we go. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Here's what I want to end with. Talked about the church, talked about our life. Not to put the focus where the focus should be all the time, and that's on Jesus. Maybe you've given up on Him. But just look at me right now, wherever you're at. I can't see all of you because of our lights, but I can see most of you. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you're wondering where he's at. Maybe you've been waiting. Maybe you've been questioning. That's okay. But I just want you to hear me really just clear right now that Jesus has not given up on you. He never will. There's nothing you can do that's too far from him at all. Okay? Will you pray with me? Let's pray. God, you know who's here. You know people within our congregation. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a very long time. Maybe it's for a prayer answered. Maybe it's for a dream or a new job or something to go right in their finances or something with their house. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're having relational issues or maybe it's waiting for a spouse to find freedom from some kind of addiction. Maybe it's a waiting for you to do miracles in their family and they're desperate for you. I don't know what it is, God, but you do. You do. And so, Lord, I pray right now. You know those who are here that need that. And I pray right now over all of them that you would fill them as they're waiting on you and you would answer those prayers. God, have your way in our hearts today. Lord, for any of us right now that just need to say yes to you, to a relationship with you, recommitting our life to you, we would do that right now. We'd say, yes, Jesus, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief as I choose to follow you today. God, you knew my heart for our church and the vision that you've given, and we're on the right track. We haven't arrived. God, would you make things come to be that seem impossible within the church and within our lives? Give us your freedom today. Pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.